0: Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. The church is not a spectator sport. We are not an audience, but an active participant in what God is doing.
1: Hi, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Thanks for joining me today for our few minutes together. We've been looking at the book of Ephesians, the picture of the New Testament church, We're in chapter four together today, and I just want to remind you you this book is so important because it's really not addressing problems as much as it really is painting a picture as to what the church should look like. You know, today one of the humanistic problems is we are trying to make God into our image rather than submitting to the image God made us in, and I think we do that with the church too. God has an image for his church. And part of that is to be is to bear his image. And so we've got to be very careful that we don't become kind of retail-oriented and just demand that the church be what we want it to be. But there's a picture that the Apostle Paul throws out here uh, that is just really magnificent the more you understand and the more you look at it. So I'm just going to go to verse 3 real quick. It says, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That would be a good subtitle for this whole chapter. He's talking in the first verse about walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. Then he says, and here's what this looks like to hold, uh, you know, this unity, to preserve the unity, to fight for it of the spirit in a bond of peace. And then he actually, as he usually does, as the Bible does, begins to give us ways to do that. And when you get down to verse 11 and 12, it says, and, when, and he who descended, meaning into hell, is himself. He also ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles and prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to the building up of the body of Christ. So these are resurrection gifts. This is what Jesus gave to the church he was dividing his ministry up and multiplying his ministry among the believers. And he said, now here's one way you come into unity. You you have these five-fold giftings that need to be honored. They're, they're, they're labors with me. They're bringing us together so that we'll have unity and that we will be built up and that everybody will do the work of the ministry. In other words, you know, the church is not a spectator sport. We're not an audience. We are participating in what God is doing. You know, we don't go to church and watch somebody else worship. We go and we go and worship. We don't go to church and just listen to somebody talk. We ask the Holy Spirit to talk to us and to talk through us as well. So those resurrection gifts are real important in Paul's painting of the church. And it's amazing to me today how many people just of their own volition, they think they've got the authority just to take these gifts and do away with them. And I will tell you this: as a believer, how you receive those gifts and relate to those gifts will say a lot about your maturity. Because the truth is, those gifts come in imperfect vessels. Uh, they're they're more like you than they're not like you, but yet God has put a supernatural gifting in them, and that gift is for you. So, learning to draw that gift out—that out, that gift out—is is really important. Then, if you go to verse fifteen. He says, now what is our response? But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who's the head, even Christ. He's reminding us who the head of the church is. The head is Christ. The purpose of the church is to please God and for believers to take their directions from the head of the church. You know, I've served as a pastor a number of times for a number of years, and on my best day, I was an under-shepherd. Okay, I was taking orders from the head and trying to empower people and teach people in our local church how to follow those things out. But he talks here about speaking the truth. What is the truth? The truth is not what I feel. It's God's revelation, number one, of who he is. And then in this context, it's God's revelation of what the church should be. So we're going to speak the truth about what the church should be. We're not going to lower the standard and make it the lowest common denominator, but we're going to hold it up as the bride of Christ. And then as you get near the end of the chapter, he goes through this again. Look at verse 30. He says, do not grieve or resist. That's the word grieve is to resist. The Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So when you got born again, you were sealed. Now this word sealed here is is very... uh, kingly. In other words, when the king had a document, he sealed that document. He he put his stamp on it and says, this belongs to me. This is authoritative. This is my writing. This is my decree. So when you got born again, God stamped you. Okay. He said, you belong to me. And what I put in you is of my doing. And then he follows up with let all bitterness, wrath and anger and clamor and slander. Now listen to the things he names. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice. Now, if you took all those things out of the church, the church would be just about perfect. Amen. But what he's saying is put them away. Even though you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, those things are going to try to penetrate that seal. And if you've been taught and if you're holding fast to the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace... You're not going to tolerate bitterness. You're not going to tolerate wrath. That's getting even. Anger. That's selfishness. Clamor. That's just making noise and being a distraction, right? There's a lot of clamor that goes on in the church, you know, wrestling and fussing about stuff that really doesn't amount to anything. And slander. That's false accusation. That's gossip, right? Be put away from you with all malice. And malice is an attitude, right? I I want somebody to hurt. They hurt me. I want to hurt them. So he just deals with this directly. And again, he's not correcting a particular church. He's giving us a general observation. These are the things that have to be dealt with. And then he goes on and gives the antidote for it. He says, be kind one to another. Be kind one to another. Be tender-hearted, Forgiving each other just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Just as. The word just as appears many times in the New Testament. In the book of John, particularly, it appears many times, and just as means to the same degree, to the same degree, to the same degree that you've been forgiven. Now you, now you forgive. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as to the same degree as God in Christ has forgiven you. You know, you can always tell when somebody really doesn't have a sense of forgiveness in their life. They might have a sense of entitlement, not a sense of forgiveness. But when you're really walking in the revelation every day that, you know, listen, I, I'm so better than I deserve. I, I've been so much forgiven. Uh, God is so gracious to me. You know, that that flows out of you. That, that works out of you. And I would say uh, that... This is a major struggle, not people just not remembering the day of their salvation, remembering what God saved them from, and forgetting that they are not only saved, but they are a work in progress, and that when they understand that, when I understand that, when you understand that, I think it's impossible to treat people badly. Doesn't mean you can't be firm, doesn't mean you can't speak the truth in love, but you're remembering your day. You're remembering the time when you needed a truth spoken in love to you. And you want to repeat that same thing. What a picture. I'd encourage you to read this whole Ephesians 4. It's just such a beautiful picture of what the church looks like, what it operates, what its message is even. Uh, and, you know, today, you know, my heart is thinking of my friends in the Ukraine. Uh, the Russians started another offensive in the southern section yesterday. Uh and I know there'll be there are many people already on the move, and uh you know what they need they just need kind tender hearted people to say we love you or standing with you had something exciting happen this week we were able to purchase twenty tons of flour that's a that's a truckload of flour. some believers outside of Kiev uh you know everything is uh, everything most things are bombed out there you know commerce has come to a to a grinding halt they pieced together some bakery equipment and started a free bakery just handing out bread on the street and so we were able to partner with them and it's all it's all ukrainians they're they're doing it all they're baking it they're sorting it they're handing it out and uh so we were able to get them a truckload of flour how about that but thanks uh there's a good chance uh that you've given to something like that so i want to just say thank you uh Again, I'm asking for your support to consider making a monthly commitment. If you would, you can go to NRP Ukraine. It'll take you right there. That's something you can put on your Facebook and ask other people to do. Uh, I think it's something you could go to work with and say, hey, "I'm going to give $50 a month. Would you would you join me?" And we can help. We bought truckloads of canned goods too this past week. Uh, you know, so they can be preserved and you know, they don't have to be warehoused as delicately as some other things. Uh, but so, you know, we're, we're feeding thousands and thousands of people every day uh, that really need our help. And we're getting to show off Jesus in his church. And I just want to thank you for being a part of that. Uh, read Ephesians 4. Let it speak to your heart. See the great picture God has for you and the high expectations he has for his church. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context.
0: Kindness, being tenderhearted, forgiving. This is what should define the church. We are honored and privileged to be the church to the people of Ukraine. If you would like to partner with us to help these precious people, visit nrpukraine.com to give a one-time gift or a monthly gift to help make a difference one life at a time. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tuesday. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website. Find us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.